0: So this um, gospel text, I always feels a bit hard, especially in our context, especially for the country in which we live, especially for the, the part of the country, the Bay Area in which we live. Um, blessed are the poor and woe to the rich. I want to set up the context a little bit. This um, segment, this section here from Luke's gospel, we hear a a variant on it in Matthew's gospel. Matthew, though, he stays away from the woes. There's just a whole long list of blessing. And Matthew even changes up the first one a little bit. Instead of it being blessed are the poor, it is blessed are the poor in spirit. So there's some, some difference between those two gospel writers and how they remembered or understood what Jesus was talking about. But our our gift, our text this morning is Luke's account. Now what's just happened before this is Jesus goes off by himself to pray. Jesus does that a lot in Luke. He retreats, he goes and finds some silence and solitude in which to spend time with God. We have this image of of Jesus teaching us that we need to be rooted and planted in God. And then we will know how we are meant to be, how we are meant to live. Then we will know the choices that God hopes that we will make. And God's kingdom, God's realm, God's dream, the beloved community, will emerge. So Jesus has gone off to pray, and then after he prays, he's gone around and he's called his 12 disciples. And then, presumably, he takes them together and prays with them. Because this little story opens up with him coming down from the mountain onto the plains. And there he has the twelve, the crew that he has chosen to teach, to spend a lot of time with in the next few years. And then there are other disciples. So there are others beyond the twelve who are committed, who are wanting to learn how to live the way in which he is encouraging. And then there's also this whole other crowd of people that have, become, that have come from all around, all around Judea, Jerusalem, all the way to the coastal lands of Tyre and Sidon. So there are a huge mass of people, and they're all trying to get close to him. They want to touch him. They want to be healed by him. They want the demons, the spirits that possess them, to be cast out. So in a short period of time, word has spread. who Jesus is and what he can do. And this is like, it's been likened to, it's almost like an ordination charge to the twelve. He is speaking to the twelve knowing that everybody else is out there listening and hearing. And he starts off with this Kind of really harsh language, and maybe the the bluntness I think has been lost a little bit, we talk about this as the Beatitudes, Um, but the the language is quite stark. Now, when we think of being blessed, I know I think of being blessed when I am feeling in good health, when I am really grateful to be surrounded by loving friends and family, when my needs are met, it's a sense of blessing and that sense carried through right that's historical sense and jesus turns it upside down he says all those things that make us feel as if we are blessed i'm actually going to offer the opposite perspective those of you who are poor those of you who are hungry those of you who are weeping those of you who are reviled cast out and hated because of your love for me you are blessed it's hard, it's hard news to me for us in our context. But it might be helpful to look at this word blessing and to think of it more like Jesus is saying, Congratulations. Congratulations if you are experiencing all these things the hunger, the poverty, congratulations. Because perhaps it will be easier for you to approach God. And what it means to live in the ways God would like us to live with open hands. Maybe it's going to be just a little bit easier to receive what God has in mind for all of us. And this word, woe, I've heard it translated sometimes as like, um, cursed are you, even something very sort of black and white, very dramatic. But it actually really carries the sense of woe, of, look out, of watch out, or almost like, ah, my heart breaks a little bit for you, because you are, you've received all this good stuff, and so in order to engage with salvation, in order to engage with this flipped upside down way of being, there's going to be some loss, there's going to be some letting go, there's going to be the the things for which you have, for which your hands are full, there's going to be a sense of needing to let go The other scriptures that we heard this morning, both Jeremiah's prophetic account and the the first psalm that was chanted and that we participated in singing, they both have this imagery of trees. In Jeremiah, um, the tree is offered as this idea of, um, in this idea of trust, of trusting in God. There's an image set up of Dry shrubs out in the parched desert are those whose trust is in the ways of mortals, in the ways of flesh, juxtaposed to those trees that are planted with their roots deep into the ground by the streams of moving water. That is what it's like to live trusting in God, Trusting in God's vision, trusting in God's desires for us. Not just us on our own, but us as a community, us as a people together, and us as the global world. In the first psalm, there is this image of um, trees planted by living water that bear fruit in due season that the the flow is happening, right? A living tree that is capable, it is being fed and nourished and capable of offering food from that nourishment. There's like a a cycle of movement happening, and those trees don't need to worry when the dryness comes because they are so rooted in the source that all that they need will be provided. The word um, affluence, Affluence. It's a word that, in my context, in my thinking, it means wealth, it means a, a flow of wealth, it means um, abundance, abundant in provision. But the Latin word that it connects to has this sense of just flowing into something larger. And so it's also like the literal word that means a stream or a river that flows into a larger river or lake. So just like the tree whose roots are planted into the ground to draw the water and the nourishment so that it may bear fruit, by a river, waters that are flowing, where the nutrients and the the moisture that is needed are flowing and moving through to offer what's needed, offer the nourishment, and then continue to flow on. Right? There is a movement in and a movement out in this flow. Spiritual practices are some of the practices that we can engage, that we can make our choices to help the way we live our lives, the way we practice living, move us closer and closer into God's realm, to God's desire for our lives. So what are some of the spiritual practices that we engage in? There's being gathered together here on a Sunday morning. In this space and online and in other ways, we gather to worship. And as we are worshiping together, that means we are praying together. That means we are hearing the sacred stories, we are reading scripture together. We'll be feasting on the bread and the wine together. There are some of the practices that help shape us as people of faith, as people who want to live our lives in the way that Jesus would like to live our lives because Jesus has some of the best ideas for how to live our best lives, like how to be the best human beings we could possibly be. What are some of the other spiritual practices? There's, there's spending time in solitude and silence, like Jesus did as he withdrew to be with God. It's in the the solitude and the silence. I'm I'm reading this book on how important that space is for us. And the author offers this image of, you know, if you think of your life as sort of a a lake, water. Oftentimes there are issues, there are things that are just underneath the surface. It's in the silence and the solitude of our lives that we can create a little space to look at those things. Sometimes they're things we really love, and sometimes they're things that are a little bit more difficult to deal with. But if we don't kind of look at them and have awareness and maybe even make friends with them, sometimes they'll kind of, you know, jump out at unexpected times. Sometimes you have a, a reaction to something, and you're like, where did that come from? Because it was simmering underneath the surface. So silence and solitude. And it's not like it has to be a, a big, long 40-day practice. Like, a little bit every day. Is, is how we live our lives. Some of the other spiritual practices are um, feasting, celebrating together. Jesus did that all the time. And the stories are he tended to celebrate with the wrong sorts of people. F- fasting, on the other side, is another spiritual practice, going without We'll enter Lent in a few weeks' time, and that is a season that the church sets aside where we we think about, we practice what it's like to choose to go without something. I know for me, in the beginning of pandemic, when I realized we weren't going to be sharing the Eucharist together, it was a very startling, um, unnerving time for me because pretty much my whole life, as long as I could remember, I had a very steady weekly practice of sharing in the Eucharist. And it took me a little bit of time, and then I was like, okay, this is the fast that we are being invited into right now, which has altered and changed the way I appreciate and are deeply grateful for the times in which we do get together at a sacred table, this one and all the other sacred tables in our lives. There are a lot of other spiritual practices, and the last one that I want to lift up and talk about today is the practice of stewardship, of sharing of our resources, which is sharing of our time, which is being of service to others, sharing of our talents, sharing of those gifts that we have been given that have been cultivated in us, and it's also a sense of sharing our financial resources. We are in the stewardship season of church. We are in the midst of... um, our annual fund work, which we do here at St. John's towards the beginning of the calendar year. It's the ways in which we are able to fund and provide the ministries and the work we are about as a church. We are about as a community. If We can let the, the water flow, if you will, or the well flow as it moves into our realm and as we are able to move it on. For me, the image that that helps anchor me with this spiritual practice is that in all the ways in which I want to, like, clutch tight and hold on, knowing that I will be safe or things will be okay, if only it's okay like this, you know what I mean? Practicing um, stewardship, practicing financially giving to the church is a way in which I'm just reminded, open your hands, Heather. Open your hands and trust that it'll be okay. Now, not that our charge is to want to become poor, if you will, going back to um, the Sermon on the Plain and these blessings and these woes. Um, God is all in with all of us. Everyone has a place at the table. God wants everyone in. That's That's what God's dream, God's realm, that's what beloved community is about but we get to bring different resources, we get to bring different gifts, and we get to allow different gifts to be cultivated within us. So in this season of stewardship, in this season of epiphany, where we are keeping our eyes open to glimpses of God at work in the world, may we we step into the stream, the flow that is already moving among us, And may our roots grow deep, trusting that we will be nourished in the ways in which we need to be nourished and that we will have what we need to be able to share.